You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL. And T-Town Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and technology, techno, technologically unsound is Graham Trainer. Can you hear me? Wow, that's your best audio. We've been trying. We've been trying for this for like thirty minutes, but that you you kind of nailed the audio there. Good. It's going to be a. We'll just say I'm going to make a big effort to keep it like I'm basically holding a microphone, like I'm you know at at one of my many athletic events that I attend for the uh, field, the field duties that are associated with the show. Gonna have to hold the microphone up to my mouth like um like an old old broadcaster back in the 40s. All right, try it a little further away from your mouth real quick. We're just gonna do some oh, live. I can hear your much, breath. Me. <laughs> too much, too much me. Yeah, that's a little better. Okay, here we're at a good spot. Uh, but I appreciate you trying to attempt saying technological uh right off the bat. That's a tough, tough word, tough word to get out there. Thank you. I, I I really swung for the fences there. I didn't try to enunciate anyone's name, but I did try what's – I don't even want to say it again, but it was up, upwards of five syllables there. It's a lot, especially after the pandemic, you know, not speaking to many people and then also being injured lately. You know, I know you're on some – you're on various medications. I will say it, put, getting put under anesthesia, it my brain works maybe like – a collective one and a half hours out of the day. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. It's not bad, but I wish it was more. Yeah. There's room for improvement there. (laughs) I mean, uh, if I got two and a half, I think I'd be pretty, that'd be normal. So just another hour. I've seen another hour of brain activity per day. That's well. That kind of like using ten percent of your brain, like humans are supposed to, like using ten percent of your brain for ten percent of the day. Yeah, that's really all I'm asking. Is that too hard? Has nature robbed me of that now? Is that not enough? Is that not enough, God? (laughs) I mean, it's kind of true. And if anyone else feels me on that, I (laughs) you you know who you are. Um. Oh man, how is it? Is it pool season down in Austin? Because it is hot here. I mean, like by pool season, I mean everyone just lives in the pool and they can't get out. Yeah, there's lots of lots of interesting floats. Uh, um, anything from a flamingo to a donut. Uh, you know, your standard river riding, uh, whitewater type rafts. We got one of those. Uh, went to a couple of watering holes last week out in uh, New Braunfels. Did a nice float. First river float since we're down here. You know, lots of lots of flesh for the eyes to see. It's a beautiful thing. We uh, we went over to the Teton and floated the Teton last Sunday. Oh, and the watercraft launching on the Teton is hilarious. Like those huge like peacocks and rubber duckies, and those things that like four grown adults can sit on at once. Great use of money. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the. I don't know if they still have them around. The big massive. Like oyster shells or baseball mitts, catcher's mitts they used to make. I haven't seen one of those lately. It's a it's a lot of like uh, unicorns out here on, uh, in Jackson. But a baseball mitt. Yeah, that would make sense. The uh, 
Man, we have we have we have plenty of sports to talk about. Speaking of baseball, I'm not going to go there yet, but look at baseball trying to stay relevant. No, yeah, baseball's trying to stay with it. I think that the let's just call it um, not performance. It's not performance enhancing drugs. Performance enhancing uh, liquids. Um, what, what am I trying to say here? Substances? No. Substances. Yeah, for, performance enhancing substances. What's the, the uh, what's the word? Yes. What's the word that it's it's uh, only on your skin? Topical. Yeah, topical, it's, it's topical. performance enhancing topical substances. Yeah, it's big right now. Um, it's bigger than, you know, it's definitely the news. If, you know, two years ago was the offense in baseball. And then maybe the year before or the year after that was there's a lot of fights early in the season. This is like all everybody's talking about. So we'll get there. That's that's in our huddle. I wanted to do some things before we huddle up. And I don't want to sound too choppy, but. The bison goring count meter we had that we have here at KHOL yep, stuck, stuck at point four five, and that's and that's not lack of like tourists trying. They really are doing their best to get gored out there. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe I'm just looking at I, I don't know a few a couple Instagram feeds. I can't tell sometimes if they are all cl- like kind of classic old pictures or if there's any relevantly new ones because it seems like there's been at least 20 from my, from my end, just, you know, casually browsing social media, but it must be that these are just ones from yesteryear. Right. But instead of saying casually browsing social media, just say you did some research. Yeah. I did did some research on the goring. Uh, I wanted to see if the new levels uh, or if the level had gone up a little bit from the 0.45 from the original, was that Memorial day weekend or is that right before? That was the Friday that this uh, the count started. Yeah, so the Friday Memorial Day weekend. So nothing there, no bear incidents, nothing at all. No, no. So the 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 wildlife and the tourists are currently getting along. It's kind of it's kind of like I mean I don't want to root. There would be let's just say this: it would be a shame if a goring happened, but I'm stunned that it's not. Yeah, there must be some celestial ways to kind of explain away what's going on here. Yeah. The, um, well, uh, anything else before we jump into the huddle? I feel like I feel like we have a lot to talk about. NBA playoffs. There's all sorts of man versus drama right now going on in the uh, as coaches get fired and college football expands. But let's get into the huddle. So the huddle is a four-part segment. Good news of the week, critical number of the week, quote or question of the week. And something you were stuck on. Not necessarily in that order. I've only been doing this five years, and I just mixed up the order on that. But we'll kick it to you, Graham. What is your good news? I mean, variety is the spice of life, Massey. If you ever want to, um, you know, kind of shuffle these as you do on Spotify with your songs, you sure. know, we can always shuffle these around. My good news is that the Who's are making a trip back to Omaha and then for the uninitiated in college baseball, that is the Elite Eight Thank of you. baseball. Put up that banner soon. This will be the fifth trip under Brian O'Connor, who actually is originally from Omaha, Nebraska. Mm. Heard of it. Come and on five times since 04. I didn't know he actually been with the program since 04. I thought it was a little more like kind of the Tony Bennett range, like 08. But, um, yeah, pretty special. 
It, it is awesome. And those guys, uh, I think they played in like the most elimination games out of any team that advanced. Yeah, they're the first team to win like all three of their elimination games against they, the last two have been Dallas Baptist and before that Old Dominion. But the Dallas Baptist game on Monday was awesome. Grand Slam to uh, take away. It was a 2-1 game and the offense was looking kind of stagnant. So that was exciting for one of the one of the young gentlemen to hit a dead a, um, a home run to dead straightaway center, and also there was a great play, defensive plays by the Hoos by Robin, someone of a home run who really yes the guy yeah. hit it and started strutting his stuff so much so the announcer said like go on with your bad self and then they got robbed of the wall and he goes oh never mind <laughs> I was like yes in your face Dallas Baptist. Love, love when those get taken away. Um, you'll probably, you know, end up seeing that young man in the minor league uh, realm someday, Massey, when you're watching double-A baseball on TV. Yeah, I'm lo- really looking forward to seeing it. <laughs> Can't wait. I, I, I forgot his name, but I have it written down. My good news of the week is just that baseball is relevant again. Mid-season. It's, it's mid-June, and we're talking about baseball. That's sooner than we've ever talked about baseball. Usually it takes the July or August heat for some pitcher to get punched in the face. But this year, we're talking about topical substance abuse. We're talking right now, uh, a famous baseball writer, Ryan Spader, is talking about how uh, the video monitoring of calls or whatever you call it. You know, what, what, what do the Astros do? Stole signals, which sounds just regu- like regular baseball to me. Uh, they use, yeah, you're talking about using trash cans in order to uh, signal when to hit a buzzer in a player's sleeve. Yeah, what I forgot exactly what it was, but they obviously had video monitoring, and then they would transfer that to the dugout, and they would bang on a trash can to tip the um, tip the batter. You, you're talking about stealing signs using technology. Exactly. So in Tuesday, yeah, it, it's been reported that the Dodgers had video surveillance in 2017 where a guy was caught wearing an MLB like logoed licensed polo as he was setting up cameras like in center field and in fact he worked for the Dodgers the Royals you gotta you, you gotta take your you gotta take your work stuff off when you're doing naughty things I know well yeah, exactly so that's what this guy was trying to hide a Royals in 2016 had full surveillance of their ballpark as well and they were stealing signals um and there was there was a another team that had a guy waving like a beat up shirt in center field whenever he was using binoculars and like honing in on the catcher's men. He was like <laughs> he would like wave a certain colored shirt for the certain color signal, and it was like I don't know I kind of like it. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> the, I the, mean baseball the signals yeah, the beeper the like the instantaneous like beeper stuff. That kind of bothers me because it's like that's not that fair. But if like you're kind of doing it on the sly and like sleuth, and you're not, you don't have like a headset in your ear like James Bond, and someone's banging a trash can. Well, banging a trash can because we're anti Astros. I'll say banging a trash can is lame. Right. But if you have someone else like waving a T-shirt for whatever reason, that doesn't bother me as much. Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, it's definitely there's definitely a sportsmanship element to it. Obviously, baseball just continues to not really know if it wants to be a bad boy sport or not. 
I mean, you know, it's a, it's a rough or very rough. It's it's harder to play than in, in the NFL. It's much more physical, so it's demanding on the body. Yeah. But um, when it comes to baseball, just wants to kind of let things be and let people just come up with fun ways to you know steal signs. Um, you know, before even before this, with enhancing drugs, does it really matter? Do these these substances players are using do we really make a, make a big stink out of it obviously it's not the best timing and if we want to i've had man versus drama tyler glass now versus the mlb he is super super po'd and rightfully so i mean if you're using sunscreen pine tar to grip the ball which batters have kind of said we're okay with at least coming up with some substances besides the rosin bag, which doesn't really do much. That's kind of like the bare minimum right? Um, for, to make a player or players, baseball players, especially pitchers whose arms are jelly and they've already had multiple surgeries on those arms. Tommy John surgery is just kind of like basically like having an aspirin, taking an aspirin for a year and a half and being out of the game. And so you have to like completely change the way you, you, you wind up, the way you throw the ball, the way you grip the ball. And it's messing up some arms here. And there's been a lot, an abundance of star name pitchers going on the IL recently, which is kind of a bummer. And it's kind of parallel. Wait, so to- you're saying injury to pitchers are as a result that they could not use substances like pine tar. That's what, that's what glass is saying. And I, I definitely see I can definitely see where he's coming from, you know, being a, being a former um, or no, actually a, still a current MLB fan and a former, let's say, you know, baseball player myself. Sure. I understand that some of that stuff, we didn't really mess around with the, the, the nasty uh, black market substances. When I was playing, we played the game, right. And um, you did. It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's one of those things where you, you got to kind of side with the player and understand where he's coming from. Cause he's pretty pissed. He's already had Tommy John surgery in his career. And now he's got a UCL tear and likely going to have to have a second. What I guess, I guess what you're saying that you didn't mess with any of the dark arts. So you didn't use any like SPF 50. No, no SPF 50. There, there wasn't much sunscreen around. It was, it was rosin bag and just, you know, good old fashioned dirt. Well, I, I just think it's great that we're talking about baseball, but leave it to baseball to, just allow people to talk about it till it gets to a fever pitch and then changing the rules instantly, like overnight, instead of being like, we will monitor this and change it at the end of the season. Yeah. And that's, that's what's led to these injuries. And I mean, obviously there's a competitive balance there. And I feel like if hitters and you can come up with something, a solution, at least say hitters, what are you okay with? We're okay with SPF 30. That's fine. Get rid of the, get rid of the pine tar on both ends, the batters, the catchers and because catchers sometimes put it on their leg pads as well. They'll like put it on their leg pads. So they can grip the ball and throw, uh, throw a third base or, or second base, you know, kind of catch a guy stealing. So it's just, yeah, it's just a big mess. And I, maybe it's baseball's plan. They know that May, June and July, nobody cares about the sport. So might as well keep the controversy in the news. And then once the pennant races heat up, then you actually care about real baseball again. Okay. All right. That's not a bad plan. Yeah. I also just, it just came to my mind, like, you know how we always are quick to blame, like, juice balls or not juice balls? Right. Is this, is that just like code for some, whoever's cheating, either like the two parties, batters and pitchers, who's ever cheating the most and having the most success, they blame it on the ball. Like, so let's say the pitchers are having all this success and they're throwing all these no, no hitters, which we've seen this year. And all of a sudden it comes out, they're like, well, the pitchers are doing so well that we might as well just like 
ban the substances we know they're already using and cause a huge stink that way. And then like when the batters are stealing pitches and they're bombing all the homers they can handle, like, well, let's just blame the ball until we can figure out how to uh, get the sign stealing controversy <laughs> to go over. It's like, yeah. hey, let's just pivot towards the ball. It's the ball's fault. Just always blame the ball. Always blame whoever, whoever, whoever's manufacturing the ball. Just blame it there. Whoever, you know, has impact on the ball and the way it's uh, performing, those people can go down. You know, the, the, the people who make under $100,000 a year, just blame those guys, but keep, keep the rich richer. Who cares? Yeah, who, I mean, really, like, that's who, who do we work for here? The, um, it's kind of funny. That'll, that, before we move on, that's what, we'll, that's what we'll say. Like, it's the ball's fault, and that'll be whatever. Well, whoever's complaining about the ball – we'll know that the other is cheating and they haven't figured out how to cheat better than them. Yeah. All right. I think, yeah, they seem to move. Yeah. Move to see what will work next. I don't know if that's, um, some sort of, yeah, the spider tack thing has come through. Maybe just like, you know, like Dorito, Dorito crust, you know, or powder on your hands or something. They just got to find something fair for both, for both ends to be happy with the batters and the pitchers. You know what they should do? They should try to play an entire game solely on dipping dots and sour punch and like, and hurricane cola is the ones where you just like get a splash of each, each soda into your thing and try to play an entire game, just only consuming those. And we'll see who's good at baseball. <laughs> I think, I think sticking your hand in a bag of, yeah, like a bag of already eaten sweet and sour patch kids, or sour patch kids. They're all melted fine. together because it's so damn yeah, hot. A, get a little of that stickiness on your hands with the sugar. You yeah, get like a nice, a nice texture grip. What are you gonna do? Outlaw, outlaw double bubble ump? Come on, what is this? China? Communist China? If there was an X MLB, would you watch it? A what? X MLB, like XFL. XLB. You know how XLB. much I love a farm league system, so probably. <laughs> yeah, winter ball. Uh, it, it would just turn into snow like games. dodgeball. It would just turn yeah, into snow like games. snow. It would be basically snow games. It would be must-watch TV. What's your critical number of the week? Uh, mine is fourth. All right. As in fourth place, as in fourth player ever, meaning Kevin Durant heard of him. Heard of him. To hit the 40 plus 15 plus 40 plus points 15 plus rebound 10 plus assist mark in a playoff game tying three other players oscar robinson big o charles barkley and <clears throat> luka Doncic. Mm, the great luka the late great the luka nets, when it comes to math stats comeback win against the bucks on tuesday night i watched the fourth quarter of this Kevin Durant could not be beaten. Nobody was paying attention to the idea on the Buck side. Coach Coach Bud is getting a lot of hate for not, you know, maybe triple teaming him and not and, and leaving Harden with nobody on him because he could barely move or any of those other guys like Joey Buckets. You know, we love him, but he was one for 10, I think from three and like another 0 for 8 from field goals. So, you know, maybe just maybe do a little strategy on the go. Maybe Maybe coach him up a little bit. Wait, I'm sorry. I mean, who am I coaching? No, I'm saying Coach Bud. Coach uh, Budenholzer, yeah. the Milwaukee Bucks coach, didn't make any. He didn't make any, um, you know, switches with like how they were playing the Nets defensively, which is pretty much like put three or four players on Kevin Durant. It probably would have won the game. Oh, they should have just formed a circle around him. Yeah, 
and just been like no one else. I mean, Joey Buckets, like you said, unfortunately was cold. Um, James Harden was hurt. Kyrie is hurt. And Kevin yeah, Durant, Kyrie's out of the game. Kyrie's out of the game. The only other player that played well was Jeff Green out of out of nowhere, a guy who was drafted in I think like oh five. So it was it was an interesting, Jeff Green. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting strategy to not have a strategy for the Bucks. Hey Giannis, why don't you go out there and dunk it or something? All right. Okay, coach. Could have could have gone with a little more direction. Um, I will say this about KD: they people are calling it his legacy game. If they lose this series, does this legacy game go down? Yeah, that's that's a good question. It's a little it's a little bit uh, knee jerk. Yeah, what have you done for me lately? It's a little it's a little much. I think it's cool to be in a legacy like Luca. Obviously, he's never advanced in the playoffs. He's on this list, but it's not a Luca legacy game. I guess it's well, it's a Luca legacy game because he hasn't done anything yet in his career. KD has won two titles, so I think his legacy is winning those two championships with Golden State. But everybody hates him for that because he played with other players. This is a legacy game because the only game he's ever, I guess, won really on his own without Westbrook or without Steph Curry and the rest of that Golden State super team. So I think that's why the word, the L word is coming into play. But yeah, it's pretty silly when he's already won championships, which are much more important than a, you know, big padded stat game. Yeah. The, uh, the Eastern Conference semifinals game five. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, my critical number is 24. 24 as in 24 years oh oh yes 24 years uh yeah donnie nelson breaking up with the mavs or the mavs dumping him yes the mavs gm donnie nelson is done after 24 years he has been doing that job longer than luca has been alive and little did he know that because he couldn't sign luca to a long-term contract he got fired yeah, it's a big, it's a big, uh, it's a big blame, big blame game. They're kind of, I guess, they're just kind of saying, Donnie, you know, you drafted, you know, uh, it's kind of like the the Colts drafting Manning and then drafting Luck and drafting he drafted Dirk and he drafted Luca. He's had a lot of swings and misses, but he does have a title under his belt for a franchise that was pretty much. You're garbage. not calling Luca. You're 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 saying Luca and Dirk were successes, but you, they, there have been other swings and misses. Right. Yeah. Sorry. There's been lots of swings and misses along the way, but that's just the way that's, NBA. that's the way running a front office works. I don't know if they're kind of putting all the eggs in his basket for making the, the move for Porzingis and saying, well, it didn't work out Donnie. So I'm not sure he's just the fall guy right now. It's kind of sad. Luca is obviously a big fan of Donnie Nelson because he trusted him uh, after making that Trey young swap on, on draft night. And hopefully, you know, they're going to get him that $200 million extension that he's owed now because he made NBA all first team and they will get him that $200 million contract soon. And maybe, you know, ask him to be in the room on the the next uh, GM hire. It's funny. We talked about the Clippers just absolutely imploding if they lost the Mavs, but it turns out the Mavs needed to chop someone's head off and blame them and say that was the root of our problem. And 24 years down the train, it would be, it would just be so bad to someone to knock on your door and be like, yeah, bud. Well, 24 years. Don't care. See ya. Hit the road. <laughs> yeah. I mean that, that is considering if he wanted to be, be there anymore, if he was just like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm out. Then good for Donnie. Uh, what is something you're stuck on? Oh, that's what I was stuck on. So you go ahead. You shoot. Okay. Um, so a couple of viral videos came out and I can't stop watching them. Other other like what's funny, like most most social media stuff I can 
look at and move on with. Maybe I'll share a couple, of course. Who doesn't share a couple of memes? You know, memes yeah. are great. It's a business. It's um, an enterprise business now. And so what is, I guess I was going to discuss one of two, but now that you don't have a stuck on, it's going to be two of two. Um, did you see the uh, Jokic brothers when there was a scrum when a uh, I don't the Jokic get a hard foul and there was like a bit of pushing and shoving and his two brothers were standing on the bench and I don't mean like standing at the bench their their feet were perched on top of the players bench and they were yelling at the scrum. No, no, I, I missed that. I saw yeah, I saw the Jokic hard foul that he got ejected for. In yeah, four. they they're humongous. They are just bigger versions of they're all the Jokic's just look like they get bigger from from uh from older to or excuse me younger to older. <laughs> they just look like two. Well, they just look like two Eastern European guys that were ready at a drop of a hat to defend their brother. Yeah, a couple lurches like you rang. Um, they look jacked. No, I, I, they all they have his brother have their brother's jersey on, and they just are like yelling. I'm assuming in some foreign language, which makes it even more intimidating. And they're just like telling everyone to rip their heads off. And I don't think anybody wanted any of that smoke. No, no, no. Because yeah, obviously with their smoke, there's fire. That that proved very much to be true with the Mavs situation. So you don't want the loot. You know, it's not like you don't want the um, the Doncic brothers on your bad side. I'm guessing they're kind of like his support system confidants and obviously hitmen slash bodyguards i'm assuming i'm assuming they've like no they thought they knew what sports was which is like soccer hooliganism and like rugby and they come over and watch basketball and they're like there is no immediate threat of me getting stabbed i feel very safe here and then once a fight <laughs> once a fight broke out that flipped a switch with like i have stabbed my way out of a soccer hooligan fight before so y'all better watch out yeah, a couple massive, couple massive uh, Serbians just kind of, kind of hanging out on the bench area. Were they in the second level, or, or they would they put them up up front? They the were just line? behind. They were just behind the bench, and yeah. so they were able to like stand up in the bleachers and put one foot on the back of the bench, which made them look even like bigger because <laughs> they were elevated that little bit. It was it was hilarious. Let me go on to this other viral video. Have you seen the guy that says "sons and four as he's beating up some uh, kids? Not kids, but they look like kids. Were they kids? No. They, they're children? No. no. So uh, this wasn't like the Philadelphia you, Flyers. Had, was a guy named that guy Rowdy who beat up a kid. This was actually like maybe adults, peers. No, this they just they just look like kids because they look like the people from the Jersey Shore when they were kids. I've seen only the picture uh, of him uh, looking back with the num the big big uh, the uh, the big hand up with count of four. And he's obviously yelling. I didn't see who he was um, gesturing to, and I didn't see. So the here's whole the story. Thing. So here's the whole yeah. story. I got the I got the scoop. So this guy is chirping a little bit at the crowd, but it's all in good nature. Apparently, he's got the crowd on his side. He wasn't really bothering anybody. And as the Denver fans were filing out, he was being like, "See, see it. Have have a good vacation. Like, hope you enjoy the off season. Just like stuff like that." <laughs> and these guys come up, they have like all these gold chains and like multiple watches. And apparently they took offense to what he was saying, but he really wasn't paying close attention to him. And they walked behind him and like dumped a beer on him and grabbed his oh. shirt. And he just turned, he like turns around and there's, there's just like words exchange. And then this, 
and he's not really paying attention. And this guy sucker punches him and he turns around and grabs him by the chains and just straight up like hockey jersey by, via via this guy's gold chains and just lays into his face for a couple of times. And then while he's holding him down, he's going, sons and four. And people are <laughs> totally on his side. They're like, this guy is hilarious. And Love it. I'm loving, yeah, fan on fan hate, not fan on player. That's great. It's a, it's a step in the right direction. Right. And for whatever reason, America forgave this guy because it wasn't like that brutal. And he also like, he also got a beer dumped on him and someone sucker punched him. And after you sucker punch someone and you think you're going to get away with it and you don't, it's kind of like you deserve four to five punches directly in the face. And he's just covering his face. He like threw one punch and he's just covering his face. Like, Oh, please, mister, please stop. So good. They look like, I mean, they look like, they got their image straight out of the Jersey shore. Gotcha. Yeah. They're kind of like, like, um, mall, like mall rat scallions who, you know, rap scallions who, uh, get, get in the trouble over knocking over kiosks running away. <laughs> Bunch of punks. Uh, what's your quarter question of the week? Uh, so I've got two. My first one is I'm not confident in anything. That's the quote. I'm not this? confident in anything. Yeah, this was, uh, <laughs> this was just a, a casual Joe Biden quote that came out. Oh my God. I almost said a Joe Biden joke with Putin. And I'm going to start, I'm just going to start bringing this quote into my vocabulary and said, well, the president said it. So I'm just going to start saying, if you ask me a question, Selby queen, I'm going to say, I'm not confident in anything and say, well, you know, it's the president's message. So it's all good. Um, my real for reals. I mean, honestly, honestly, it's so relatable that (laughs) I can't (laughs) spot the flaw in the judgment. Like, it's like someone asks me about something. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not confident about any want, of this. What do you want for dinner tonight? I am not confident in anything. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, give me your other quote. Uh, it's been one of those quiet off seasons you just dream about. Uh, this, this Aaron Rodgers. There you go. This is our our boy. I think there was a press conference for the golf uh, pairing match play against. Um, it's uh, Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady versus is it Bry- uh, Bryson Bryson and Aaron Rodgers the yes. two heels two heels in the world and it's just Aaron Rodgers I guess being kind of smug about acting like everything is like he hasn't created any of this drama and saying yeah it's been great like I haven't had to deal with anything obviously that's not the truth but it kind of acting as if it's been brought upon him when I feel like he's kind of instigated most of it am I wrong I don't know. Yeah, well, we obviously have a have a well found well founded hatred in Aaron Rodgers. Um, but so. yeah, yeah, it's it's been well well established. And I don't know if I've said this before, but I might have. Aaron Rodgers is the guy that has the sense of humor back when you're teenagers, and he thinks making people feel awkward is funny, and he never matured out of that right. uh, sense of humor because it's so alienating. And you, you learn that as a teenager. People are like, why don't people hang out with me? Because like, you say stupid stuff at the wrong time. And Aaron Rodgers has just never gotten out of that. He still thinks the joke is funny when he's like, wow, when I go home, it's like me and my wife. And then no one else talks to me besides those people. I mean, maybe his inner circle does. But, like, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has the ability 
to be a regular human being, if that makes any sense. He takes every single moment to make people feel awkward. He makes them feel awkward. For instance, the press corps was like, it's a nice, quiet offseason. People are like, Jesus, Aaron. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, as his platform has grown, only has his pettiness, so he's obviously using that to his advantage and then kind of throwing it back at fans and, and media saying, well, if it weren't for you guys, there would be no issue here. But I, I feel that it's not really – really fair to say that's true i just like how neither camp is budging aaron Rodgers is going to be playing golf while the packers are going to be in like otas or something <laughs> yeah just a stare down yeah and it's like i don't know what aaron's doing and, the, and then aaron's like i don't know what they're doing and neither one of them are picking up the phone just saying hey let's figure this out because they need to you can't trade away the mvp of last year like what is aaron doing is he just joss is is John Elway in his ear being like, yo, Denver's got like 300 days of sunshine a year. Like you should come over here and play. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, what would be the last most disgruntled MVP in sports? Maybe LeBron when he's on the Cavs before he went to Miami. I mean, I can't even imagine or remember an MVP who has been so detached from his franchise and with so many question marks surrounding his next season how how deep do the packers go do they go to the nfc championship last year they lost yeah they lost the bucks in the nfc title game they hosted it yeah so like what more do you want you had a chance to beat tom brady at home like do you if, if someone told you every if like hey every year you can have a ch- you can go to the nfc title or again or i don't know like you come off your best year, you go to the NFC title, you lose to Tom Brady. That was destiny. Tom Brady was destined to win that Super Bowl. And you just like redo it. Is he just done with football? Maybe he's like, dude, let's get out of here. I've, I've, I've made it's, my piece. Yeah, it seems like if if the Packers have not supplied me with an all-pro offensive line and they haven't given me uh, Devontae Adams plus Julio plus uh, Hopkins plus DK Metcalf, then they're, not, they're doing me a disservice, which, you know, you just got to be a little more realistic, dude. Yeah, maybe just he wants to play in California, and he's like, dude, it's nice and pretty down here. I'm in paradise. Um, my quote or question of the week, uh, and this is going to be a, a question for you, and we posted it on our social media, but is Nick Saban the reason the college football playoff is expanding again? It's a great question. I would say it's at least a combination of him and Dabo, but it's more so pointed at Nick Saban, obviously, and it has to do – especially with the SEC. I'm sure SEC boosters, teams, everybody involved were clamoring for this because the SEC West, especially, they can't, they have no chance each year. And then the SEC East, they usually lose to Alabama and Atlanta in that title game. So yeah, it, it all makes sense. And all, all arrows point towards this is a, this is all relating to Saban's success with Alabama. Well, if it's well, what's a good thing about it is that this, the Saban success has now started to be more inclusive. If that makes any sense. Like when the BCS yeah. happened, it was like Nick Saban lost some head to heads. And guess what? The BCS was like, nah, he's still good enough. <laughs> Let's more put him in there. And they were proven right on occasion. And, right. and, and I've, I've started to actually put like dig into this a little bit because it is it is worth a little bit of research and uh oh i was i guess i was listening to um dk on ryan rosilla show but there is a lot of like strategy which will is going to be fun to flesh out if that makes any sense like oh 
do I want to I'm in a position where I've lost a couple of games. I have a chance to go to the SEC title against Alabama, let's say. Let's say you're Georgia. You go If you win, I guess you get a bye, but if you lose, you get a home playoff game. Like how does that factor into your strategy as a coach? That's a good yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think it's I think that's a great way to to frame it as this is a good thing for college football as is, you know, when teams uh, play in or schedule exciting kind of neutral field, like let's say it's in Dallas at Jarrah world and they do like a, you know, LSU versus Oregon and then Oregon loses that game. And then they're kind of sunk. If they lose one pac 12 game, they're out completely. So it definitely gives a little more, you know, if they, if they win, let's say after losing that first, like opening kickoff weekend yeah, yeah, exactly. field game, they at least can, you know, rattle off, uh, let's say nine out of 10 wins and they still have a chance to be in that, in that 12. And, and in the past, it's kind of like, it's kind of weird when you watch those kickoff games, you're like, well, one of these teams is going to be super handicapped and probably doesn't have a chance at going to the top four at the end of the season only because they tried to challenge themselves in the beginning. I think that, yeah, they're getting punished for the challenge, which is something right. which is something that, sh- that shouldn't happen. I think the storybook example of this right now is when Sam Darnold took over at USC and ratted off like nine yeah. or nine wins in a row or something like that, and they should have been given a chance. There's there's just so much like I can only accept the facts, and I don't know how to like manipulate it. But like it was so simple to begin with. Hey, if you go undefeated, you're going to the national title game. Like and it was such. That's it. Black and white. And they muddied the waters a little bit with the four. And they've muddied it even further with the 12. And there's like so much to pay attention to now. You, you the, the, the drop-off, I think, is still the same yeah. when it comes to talent-wise. And people are talking about, oh, there's going to be blowouts. Like, you really want to see, like, the one-seeded Alabama coming off a bye playing Coastal Carolina or BYU. It's like, well, there's already blowouts. You know, like, oh, yeah, no, that, you, so no, that was, yeah, that was a good, that was a good point. I mean, there's usually in the first round, there's always usually one. It involves Notre Dame. And then, damn, you beat me to it. <laughs> even the national championship, um, it can be, you know, it can be a blowout in itself. So it's just like, that's just part of the sport. And it's nicer to see kind of a close game. Uh, let's say, you know, Ohio State coming off a bye and then they play at maybe a, they have a big 10 team that they played close during the regular season. That would be a great storyline going into the game. And then maybe they'll play them tied again. You know, it's not, not like all these games are going to be terrible just because they're adding uh, teams from eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. And people get to have more moments, more like college football, meaningful moments. If that makes any sense, just like March madness has your moments. Like you may have a team that makes it to the, let's say, let's say they just make it to the round of 16. They make it to the sweet 16. They won two games. That program's fans have moments during those two winning games, right? Where right. the momentum shifted or they took control or they hit a buzzer beater. And it gives those fan bases, while kind of an illusion of a chance to win, it gives them, well, it gives them that, the illusion. What else do you need? Yeah, 100%. And then less of the, less of the bowl games are just kind of, you know, no, nobody really cares about the – I guess the kind of old school, the old school, old school mentality of like, oh, the Cotton Bowl matters. It doesn't matter. It's an exhibition game, and I'd say you know, students that 
from high school that are looking at schools, if schools are going to playoff games, that's something to like kind of hang their hat on. So I think it'll only, you know, hopefully strengthen other programs. So there's a little more parity. So let me, so let me get, let me ask you this question. You might, you not have, might not have to answer are, or might not know how to answer, but let's try to flush it out. Are the conference championship games, are they now in jeopardy because some people won't have to go, like, let's say like Alabama and LSU are really good, which is historically accurate. And right. one of them doesn't go to the SEC championship game, but is still good enough to make it to the playoff and they get two buys, meaning they don't have to play the championship game, the SEC championship. And well, no, they won't, they won't get that buy. They'll have to play in the first round, but they'll get an opening. They'll get an home playoff game. Yep. See, I've already talked myself into a circle, full circle. Um, no, yeah, but I think it maybe it hurts the SEC championship just because that's the the most stacked and best conference in the nation. But I think the other uh, conference championships, like the Pac-12 title, the Big 12 title, when those teams seem like in the past they don't have a shot one or the other uh, for getting in, and usually you know ACC if Clemson takes a dip, then the ACC championship will matter as well. Yes, um, but it's you know those those conference titles will be more like a playoff game to get into a playoff which actually has more teams involved so those um, conference titles actually have a little more weight to them all right this is my favorite part we can stop talking about this we've already at the 40 minute mark so we might just roll into the nba playoffs um the six highest rated conference champions get to go which does not guarantee a power five i'm looking at you pac 12 does not guarantee a, a power five team get one of those six slots and i think right there at the bottom when you have those four te- let's just metaphorically say or whatever hypothetically say there's four teams that are going for that sixth spot or that or the me that that buy that where that's where you like stay up and watch west coast pac 12 yes. at dark and you're watching colorado play ucla and you're like this is important <laughs> yeah i can't matters. wait for that i cannot wait for that but Hillary, it's research. I'm sorry. I don't care if it's one in the morning and we're, we're approaching Sunday. It doesn't matter to me. Um, let's roll into the NBA. And before you talk about uh, the playoffs and where we stand, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Just to let everyone know, I got my boy Richard and Jameson getting married. Shout out. They had a year engagement, and the wedding got canceled due to COVID, so it's been about two and a half years since they've been engaged, and we're throwing it's down this weekend. Together. It's good. Yeah. That's the one to do it. Yeah. Just, it, for all those couples out there, make sure your engagement is two and a half years just to make sure you're, you, you wrinkle out all the bumps. Um, not, a, not a bad strategy. Let me, let me say some things that you might not know about. CP3 – is in self and safety and health protocols due to COVID-19 out indefinitely. Yeah. This, this, this came out of nowhere. I think he's vaccinated, but this kind of is one of those, Oh, he might still have caught it being vaccinated, which, you know, that's always a red flag, but hopefully it's something that doesn't last too long. Hopefully the Western conference, Western conference semi uh, matchup between the Clippers and the jazz goes to seven so there's more time i just don't want to see cb3 get bad luck no, one more time no it's getting i'm getting fatigued from it isn't it kind of funny that 
he has suddenly turned from like villain and then he makes the Western Conference Finals and you're like, all right, all right, I could be into this. I'm into this idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that being said, speaking speaking of the Clippers, Kawhi is out with a knee injury. They're, they fear it's its ACL. Yeah. Do you think they can still make it to seven games? Because we've been waiting for the Jazz and the Suns to square off in a seven-game series all year, and it feels like that's going to happen, like, definitely now. Yeah, I think – I mean, I know we're talking about playoff PP, but I think that with – Donovan Mitchell being banged up as well, that neutralizes things a little bit um, to make it at least go seven and have a game seven at, in Utah in Salt Lake City to round out the series. So yeah, I can see I can see it happening. Give 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 uh, CB three a little more time getting over his COVID. I think the NBA might even just ref it into existence. <laughs> um, that uh, oh, what am I trying to say? The Jazz look scary. They look really, really good. Yeah, they do. Even without Conley. And I don't know if Conley's even going to come back for the playoffs. I hope he does. I hope he's around for the for the next series. I think Conley and CP3 will be a, be, a, be a great matchup if that does happen. So let's. So we talked about the Western Conference. Let's. Well, let me go ahead and say polish off the Western Conference. Steve Van Gundy down in New Orleans, done after one year. Right, so one hurt. year, one, one and done. Three and ten in games decided by five points five points or fewer. So, you know, a little bit of a little bit of mismanagement there at the end of, at the end of regulation. But the Pelicans knew who he was. They didn't sign him to like five years or anything. They, they knew that Steve, like Steve Van Gundy, let's just get him in here and see if he can make a splash. And then they were like, Oh yeah, this guy hasn't coached in 10 years. Uh, Maybe he's not that good. I have the perfect solution for him. He falls ass backwards into the Mavs GM position. What a way to fail up. No one has failed up. Well, no one's, no one's failed up more than Lane Kiffin, but Steve Van Gundy, <laughs> that'd be a way to do it. It's be a good one. I think he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's meant for the front office at this point. And let's just, let's just, you know, just give him that, give him that crown. <laughs> hey, Steve, we need you to go back, no further back, like underneath the stands. We need to catch you in an elevator and you need to go three stories up to stay there. Don't move. We know, we, we know you threw some games for the Pelicans, so the Mavs could, you know, strengthen their their playoff position last mm-hmm. year and we appreciate you for that and we want you to have this job it's <laughs> going to be a pay be a pay raise it's going to be a um a promotion in terms of your role within an nba organization and we're excited for you press conference lo- that's that sound like that sound like you reported on it and weren't just predicting it all right so let's talk about the eastern conference finals get it get the audience up to speed on what's going on there uh so yeah sixers hawks playing right now sixers are up by a bundle uh, so that game will go back to Atlanta. Sixers up three two, and then the obviously we talked about Durant's big game. Uh, the Nets are up three two on the Bucks. That one's headed back to Milwaukee. We'll see if they um, play any decoy elements with Kyrie. I think Kyrie's not going to play, but if Harden comes out, if he actually like looks kind of better or in his health is improved, or he just is kind of out there as a decoy, which he I think definitely was in Game Five. Um, so that game, that series is three to two. I've heard an going. interesting take. I've heard an interesting uh, proposed strategy to this game, and that What's is, that? and that is, sit Harden and Kyrie and KD and throw it, and then just oh, yeah. put all your chips in run for Game Seven. Yeah, Game Seven back back in uh, in Brooklyn, and hopefully Harden is, is ready to go and at more of a eighty plus percent instead of a 
10%, which he was in game five, and probably would be a 40% in game six. That makes yeah. sense. I don't, I don't hate it. Um, I am slowly rooting for the Nets too. That's gaining momentum for whatever reason. The 76ers playing the Hawks. Like I get Trey young. I love Deandre Hunter. He's out right now. So I'm not like really, I don't really love the Hawks, but watching Joel Embiid play, he seems to like be on the ground a lot. And that's a big man to be on the ground that, that frequently. Yeah. Yeah. Especially a big man with a, uh, supposedly torn meniscus at the moment. Are you able to, when you're that large, is your body just at a certain point like, hey, we're fighting gravity pretty hard already. You jump 10 feet in the air, and this and like this is hard. The body yeah, is talking I, to the brain like, I don't, you're just walk around. Why are you, why are you playing sports? Just walk around. Yeah, stop, stop, stop making all these big ball dives. Like just, you know, do what you got to do and keep your body somewhat in check so you can at least play four, four quarters. And also, we got two more rounds of this thing to, to, to go, bud. So, I mean, you know, Kevin Durant, look at that strategy you just brought up. Like, he's coming off a torn Achilles, which is usually, especially in a professional athlete's 30-year-plus seasons, that's almost like Grim Reapers come. But, you know, if you play him every minute of a game five, maybe sitting him game six really isn't the worst idea because he is a big man, a man above seven feet, who is more of a – shooting guard than Embiid is a true center but it does like does factor in also love and this is I I just forgot that KD and Joel Embiid are almost the same height yeah it's wild um I just love his legs are so long and skinny it's wild it's it looks like they're just gonna they're just twigs I think that's why the slim reaper he I mean we all everyone knows the slim reaper has now been claimed by uh the the most recent Heisman winner just piece that piece (laughs) that together but he really he he really missed on having the Slim Reaper be his nickname. I know. I feel like it was kind of brought up there in between Durantula and when he left from Oklahoma City to Golden State. They should have just gone and coined the Slim Reaper when he won those uh, titles with the Warriors. Yeah, you see KD come out of the locker room and you're like, "We're done." Yeah, he but it's that looking look in his eye. Yeah, that. But I, well, I guess what my whole point was, it's so fun that NBA now has moved out of their traditional roles. And instead of calling like KD the center because he's tall, he's like, well, this guy shoots three. It's called a shooting guard. Who cares that he's seven feet? <laughs> um. Anyway, I, I don't. I don't have anything else NBA wise because I wrote down uh, nothing besides Steve Van Gundy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is uh, vacancies wise. There's the Celtics, Pacers, Magic, Wizards. That's Blazers. that's what I wanted to get to. Thank you. Go, say say that one more time. Coaching vacancies. Yeah, Pelicans join the Celtics, Pacers, Magic, Wizards, Blazers, and possibly I'm going to say if Milwaukee loses the series to the Nets, they're going to join the Bucks. Will join the the Pelicans along the way of this list of uh, now it's six teams. So yeah, lo- lots of uh, coaching vacancies and obviously a, a new GM vacancy if Steve Van Gundy does not get it uh, in Dallas. So lots of turnover. Great, great season for man versus drama. The um, wow, did you did you list list six teams, six out of thirty? Yeah, six. So that's that's a that's a higher percentage. This turnover, isn't there like a couple of couple of new guys we can get in here? I mean, get a co- yeah. Let's see some, see some fresh. Let's see some fresh faces. Let's get um, let's get Chauncey Billups back in the league. Let's get some more. Let's get that's not Jason a bad Terry. idea. Sure. Yeah. Let's give Dirk that GM job. Yes, I'm down overhaul i mean you see you see it in uh like 
in the college ranks, like Deion Sanders is coaching a D three school. That seems sweet. Let's oh, have coach eight. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have Birdman become a head coach. Like who cares? Oh, I love Birdman be a head coach. Um, do you have a Friday headline? I can make one up real fast. Um, yeah, mine is, so it's the U S open Tory Pines. we got Phil Mickelson. Last time I went with Padraig Harrington leading or being in the top five on Friday, I'm going to say Phil gives us a go and gets in that top five for Friday, going into Saturday's play to make it exciting for the weekend. Can he finally get over the hump, win that U S open win at his home course and get his seventh major. Uh, so hopefully that'll be a good headline to enter Saturday and Sunday when Massey Boo watching at least 20 hours of golf, as we all know. I have been logging a record amount of couch time the last uh, 10 days. So maybe maybe I could sneak some in. Um, I like that. I like the idea that Phil just rides it out, just as, like keeps his momentum going. Um, this is going to be kind of off in left field for some people, but a and this is has to do coming up with the Olympics, so it will be relevant. But there I keep is forgetting. A, I keep forgetting the Olympics exist still. <laughs> Dude, it's such an afterthought right now. It's like I, I, I got too much of a plate to consider the Olympics. Um, so <laughs> there is this woman named Paige Madden. She is an alumni of both schools that I've attended. So my high school and UVA. She qualified for the yeah. Olympics, and on of her on one of her swims, she's a swimming. She's a swimmer. Excuse me. On one of her, she won a national title with uh, UVA, by the way. She shaved off like three seconds off one of her times and then like another second again on like her second trial, which is just like unheard of. That yeah. being said, when she wins the gold medal, UMS Wright is going to build a bronze statue in uh, somewhere on their campus. That's my high school, UMS Wright. Bronze statue. Paige Madden gets announced. Mobile hero. I love it. Yeah. Sports fans, that is all the time we have. Thank you for listening. If you've been stuck in traffic this entire time, good. Uh, I'm sorry about that. If you just catching us now or maybe in the middle of our show, download our podcast. We're available on iTunes and wherever podcasts are available. Look us up. We are Teton Sports Talk. Please enjoy your weekend. That's it. And that's all. I was born up in the mountains Raised up in a desert town And I never saw the ocean Till I was close to your age now Oh Shenandoah, I long to see you Hey, 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 old river Oh Shenandoah, I long to see you
Nights in the river bed. 